Look into the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he not, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? Just prior to these, uh, this, these verses, in verse 1 through 4, we read where Christ himself again had gone away just a little distance to pray. That wasn't new. The disciples were used to the Lord seeking out a spot and going away a little distance from them specifically to pray. He did it often. We read of it many times in the Gospels. I wonder if when he did that, what kind of discussions they might have had. It was all about the Lord. It was all about prayer. And he was praying to his heavenly Father. They could easily, I thought, what kind of questions would I have? I might ask, aren't we already know they are as one, far beyond our comprehension. The Father and the Son are one. The... And so, uh, well, why the need of that, we might ask. But it's natural for us to talk the most to family. To discuss the most and have the most conversations, most likely with family. And with good friends. In fact, when uh, one is born in the family of God, they, be, they are born into the family of God. Prayer, not strange at all. The Lord himself called, said to those that followed him, he says, I call you friends. So nothing strange here at all. And we see that the Lord, went, in this particular reading here, said he went to a certain place. So that was purposeful, to pray. And so they waited, and when he ceased, they obviously talked among themselves and said, Lord, Teach us to pray. And so we find the, the Lord's Prayer 
Then, the scriptures we read, he turned to their praying and got very specific and very simple. It is worth, worth taking note that he did say, the first thing he said, that, that the Father shall give you, give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him. That is not surprising. As the Lord takes care of our needs, He knows the needs before we even ask them. He talks about the, about the birds, the sparrows, and the way the Lord takes care of all His creatures, His creation. But of course, the things eternal are the most important. That's what really matters. So it's no wonder He used this wording. And so one might ask themselves in reading these simple instructions the Lord gave, do I see this as I read this? As an effort or as an opportunity of a lifetime? There is a big difference. How we view something, whether it strikes us as an effort or an incredible opportunity. That has everything to do with our actions and how we follow up on that. And so really, it's not really about our effort here as our priorities, our interests, and our passions in life. So that might be the first thing to ask, is where are my passions? Where do they lie? And that will have a great effect on how the words of the Lord uh, affect me when he says, this is how to find God. This is how to have the Lord answer your prayers. And we read, no big tasks. Aren't we thankful for that? Lord, what are you going to require? Nothing big. Nothing big at all. Knock. That isn't strange to us at all. Knock. And of all things, it's on God's door. I, I don't like to go. I'm not one. Some would do better than me. You're just going to, uh, up to the door of a perfect stranger and say, I'm just going to knock and have a conversation. or I'm going to try to sell something. Uh, just cold selling, uh, tur- cold turkey selling. Uh, some would do far better than others. I wouldn't do their very great on that. But if it's God's door, that's huge. What would stop us even from that? Well, we might ask ourselves, am I ready to get that involved with the God of all to go knock on his door? Am I ready and prepared to get that involved? Many people hold back just from knocking on God's door because they're not ready to really talk to God about very, very in detail about their life. So I'm not going to knock. It's an opportunity, but I'm not ready to do that because that is going to bring a conversation, confrontation, or have to address things. Uh, we ask, how do you get simpler than that? Ask. And we get good at that. I mean, when I was a kid, we'd, I'd say, we used to like to sleep outside if we, in the summertime. We had a, we had a big, great big yard, backyard, and we'd get our heads together and say, let's sleep outside in the backyard. But I, we had, I'd ask my mom, and you detect these things. Says, no, I can't do it. But if she just even says, we'll see, I remember running back to my friend and says, we're going to be able to do it. She said, we'll see. That's as good as a go. Well, asking is not difficult. It's simple. 
But yet again, it's going to reflect on what our interests and passions in life are with what we ask, whether we ask, and how we ask. But really, it's the simple, it's still back to simple as you can get. Ask. The Lord didn't have any more stipulation than that, but it comes back to our passions. Where do my passions in life lie? Seek. Well, what kind of an effort does that require? Just seek. I know myself, if I've lost something, and the more I am urgent and feel I can't find it, but yet I think I've got to look again because it's urgent. And so I am driven. I will seek and go to the same place over and over again, any place else I can think of, because it's urgent. It has to do with my passion. The effort is beside the point. These tasks are not complicated at all. You see bumper stickers on cars saying, I would rather. It could be anything. I'd rather be doing. It says nothing about effort. Nothing about that. Just, I would rather, and if I could, I would do it. That's what I would rather be doing. That's a person's passions. Interests in life are important. Hobbies, interests, they have a place for sure. They're, they're, they're a good thing. But it does call for priorities. Our interests call for prior, for us to prioritize. I remember years ago when I was, uh, uh, went to a man's house to look over a job that was possibly be doing for him. But it was no time at all. I didn't go there for any other reason but that what he originally contacted me for, but it was no time at all. He wanted to show me his big, his great passion. And we were down in his basement and he was showing me every size and shape of remote control airplanes I could even think of. Some of them were huge. And he got excited about that and, and I was interested. But obviously it was his passion. If I would have said, oh, that's a lot of effort, he would go, effort? Are you kidding? I love doing this. He wouldn't have seen any effort. I would have seen a lot more than him. In fact, it took priorities. And I could easily see, he was a young family man, and I could easily see uh, it, I could see where it took priority. Might not have been the same as mine, but my passion wasn't his. And so the effort and all of that had had little to do with it. It was about where his passion in life was. As important as interests are for us to have, but it takes us to prioritize, and hopefully God is our greatest passion. God of all, the God of our salvation, our only door through heaven, life eternal, our only door to happiness. Hopefully, that is our greatest passion. I thought uh, this also made my mind go to when I was younger, and my good friend, my best friend that I grew up a lot in adolescent years with, spent a lot of time at his house, and he had a, a retired neighbor, a great guy, and he had a passion. Had a big house and a huge, huge basement. And we loved to go down there and, and he'd go, we'd go over there and he'd say, can we see your model train collection? And we would go down in his basement and that entire basement 
was huge, was set up in an elaborate, beyond my, just to my amazement of electric trains and all of the things, literally cities of electric trains. And it's just like never ended. Train after train and set up on all these platforms and it just went through the whole basement and we just love going down there. It's amazing. Well, it, it filled a spot for him. He was retired. But some of the things he had were so unique. That took seeking. That took a lot of seeking to even find. But that was part of the passion. An effort? Are you kidding? No effort at all. This is drives me. He would find a, an antique set, a classic one, and he had to pay big money for it. He'd say, cost? I, re, I receive a lot more back than what it cost me. Or he wouldn't have done it. And as we look to the Lord's words, uh, do we see cost? We don't even see that, do we? You have to pay this amount. Just knock, ask, seek, and ye shall. We don't want to complicate that. If we have a problem with it, probably maybe check our passions. Do we have enough passion for God to say, Lord, I need what only you can give me. I need your salvation. Everything that really is worth having is what I find in you. The cost is paid. Paid on Calvary. Completely. The gospel does not cost. The gospel only pays. Doesn't seem like, well, I'll give up this. It's nothing. Two cents for the world. Comparison, or even more than that. In fact, the Lord himself, the Lord's words again. And in Matthew 13, we read of the parable of the treasure. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man finds, he is so excited, he sells everything and buys that field, and he couldn't be happier. The gospel is not about whether or not we can have it. The Lord said these three simple words. He said, and ye shall. But we have to have a passion. This man found a treasure and says, I'm buying that treasure and everything it takes me. And he said, it's also like a man seeking goodly pearls. He knew what he was looking for. He knew he had, he had to have something so good. He was a merchant. But when he found it, he was so excited. He went and sold everything. Cost. You tell those men, cost, it paid. These are the Lord's words again. The same one, the same God, same Lord, Savior of our soul that said, just ask, just knock, and just seek, and ye shall find. No cost. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come, yea, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, or your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, 
and let your soul delight itself in fatness. No money. Just come. What did the Lord say? Knock. Ask. Seek. It's interesting to read of history, and I've read different articles on the gold rush days. The last gold rush. I won't go, I won't go into any of them. But it for them to do what they did, individuals from anywhere in the country and from out of the country, would flood there at whatever cost, leaving family, just unthinkable things. But it became a passion, whether it was good or not, but it was a passion, it was a driving force. And it became a passion. And it, it was unthinkable effort, unthinkable cost. And for by far the greatest percentage of them lost their lives. They lost their health. They lost their substance. And they returned home if they could get back home with nothing from whatever they had before. Even if they had great success regarding gold, it still didn't help eternally. Did whatever it did, but it didn't help me eternally. Notice the Lord said, I will give the Holy Ghost. He keeps it right. He keeps it right where it, it is matters most. And all of us, everyone seeks for purpose in life. We find it only in God. We seek for joy, success, fulfillment only in God. And here the Lord the whole time is saying, why don't you ask? Why don't you just seek? We are, we have every strike against us without God, born in sin, the sin nature. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. Plus, because we, we, we are shut out from God, we're born in sin. Sin can't enter heaven. And on top of that, we have a tempter that whenever we think of something towards God, he says, you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. Think better think again. That's not really what your passion is. You got, you don't want to go there. But thank God, he gives us a jump start. It's called conviction. He wants us to have the best. He said, ask. And so he's just, and he's still saying, I'll help you. I'll put conviction on your heart. We didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. And I didn't like it because I didn't feel good all of a sudden about what I just, just going on my own way. But conviction can, is condemnation because he says, you need the Lord. And that just puts a screeching halt. And so God gives us a jump start with conviction saying, you need this. And thank God, if we just give him a chance at all, it'll turn to a want to where I want this. There's your whole, there's our whole secret. Ask, knock, seek. I want it. Well, here you go. It's yours. You can have it. We read in, Sister Crawford's testimony. She became so under conviction and didn't even understand it all, but she just hungered for God and didn't even know what to do. But she went to a woman's house she knew was a Christian, and she what'd she do? She knocked. She knocked on the door. And as soon as a woman opened the door, just looked at her and said, You want God. What a difference to knock, but then put that want to there, the passion there, and it's yours. She said, I want God more than anything. Thank God for conviction. Thank God for his help. 
He even helps beyond even say ask. He helps us to ask. Brings us to the point we can even ask and mean it. And we're helpless without it. But God loves us. Thank God for his goodness and mercy. His great salvation. Sister Crawford found that right there. And the rest of the story speaks for itself. And as she, you know, we knock. We also, how about this? We're not the only one that knocks. Revelations 3.20. And behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Both directions of the door. How do you beat that? In Isaiah 5th chapter, I believe, it says, What more could I do that has already been done? What more could I do? He'll even meet you at the other, he'll be knock at the other end of the door. If, if it sounds, even knocking sounds hard. God's already there too and already opened up to you. So look at it that way. He comes and knocks on our door. Well, it shall be opened. I will come in. David, closing here. David is an incredible example of seeking, wanting, and finding God. What's his secret? What's his secret? In, in 1 Samuel 13, we, we're told that God sought for a man after his own heart. That's incredible words. What, would that, what does that mean? Sounds complicated. Sought for a man after his own heart. What does that mean? Well, David explains it very simple. He wasn't trying to explain it to us, but we find it in his words, in his own words. In Psalm 40 and 8. I remember passion? I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. It wasn't effort, it was passion. What else did he have to say that might put a light on, on after God's own heart? Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That ought to answer that question real good for us. There he is, man after God's own heart. One more, Psalm 42.1. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Seeking God is more than an avenue. It's an avenue to get to God. But it's far more than an avenue. It's, it's part of the whole glory. You can't even separate real seeking God and receiving from God. When we see it as not an avenue, it's a marvelous opportunity. It's all part of the experience of what God has to give us and the communication between the ongoing back and forth, just like Christ always going and praying with his heavenly Father. We can't separate those two. It's far more than an avenue. It's part of the joy. It's part of the experience. Jeremiah 29.13 And ye shall seek me and find me, and ye shall search for me with all your heart. 
You know, when, when we're going on a, an exciting trip, vacation, or your guys might be planning to do something in the outdoors, women are planning to do something they like, and we're planning this. Might have been, been planning it all, figuring to do it all year long. And it's those kind of things that when in the preparation, I've heard that said many times, it's, they say part of the preparation, the preparation is part of the, part of the joy. It's part of the whole experience, the anticipation, the expectation. It wasn't an effort. Why? This is exciting. It's all part of the whole package. This is how God, don't you think, would like us to see asking him, seeking him, knock on the Lord's door. This is how God would have us see, looking to him and receiving from the Lord. Thank God we're going to stand and sing song 720. And once again, we have an opportunity. You are invited to come and seek God in prayer.